0: Welcome to Q&A Selling Online, with answers to questions about creating an online empire, promoting products, or building a brand.
1: Your host, private label and e-commerce entrepreneur, Quinn Amorm. Welcome back, my friends. Today, we have a special guest who is, at my eyes, one of the top PPC experts when it comes to Amazon. He sold physical products online for 13 years, then he launched... Amazon-focused advertising consulting practice back in 2015, and today he manages over $250 million in advertising. He also launched several communities and companies related to Amazon, Amazon PPC Troubleshooting, which is a Facebook community, Amazon PPC Consulting Association, PPC Scope, which is a software for PPC management, and Sponsored Products Academy, which is training and and can it be management? So by now, you probably know that I have Brian Johnson here with me. Brian, how's it going? Fantastic.
0: Glad to be here, Quinn. Thank you.
1: Brian, it's a pleasure having you here. So right now, you are, like everybody else, due to COVID-19, you're working from home. How is that going?
0: Uh, it, it's good. And So so I do I actually have my own office here, too, and I'm a one-man shop at this location because our, um, our entire staff, we've got, oh, I don't know, a little over 60 people on our staff, um, but we're all around. We've been virtual the whole time, so it didn't really disrupt that at all. Mm -hmm. Um, And so most of the time, I'm working from home with my family, but I've got a five-year-old son who's running around the house. And so, of course, uh, for opportunities like this, I'm going to make sure I've got a nice, quiet space that I can join you with.
1: Yeah, I understand what you're saying. I have two two two-year-olds and one six. So... And all three run around all the time, so oh, I'm sure <laughs> yeah. there you go. so you're staying safe, that's good to hear. yeah, all right, so Brian, uh, I want to start with the name Canopy management because i uh, I know your brands in the canopy management. I never knew the story where Where did that name come from?
0: so this was actually so i do have a business partner brian burt um for canopy management and uh we've we've partnered on we originally partnered on uh sponsored products academy which is on its third year of uh course creation and um so we had actually started out we we had met actually because i had consulted uh him on his own advertising he says okay you've got a lot more potential here let's go ahead and get you moving (laughs) and so uh he he's kind of um uh, he he does quite well when it comes to promotion, and so he saw the opportunity. And we we basically aligned our forces and said, "Okay, I've got the knowledge. You've got you know you've got the marketing mm-hmm. skill. Let's go ahead and put them together and um and, and make it work." Um and uh, anyway, so he is uh, by no means um, am I the branding guy. So when it comes to like coming up with brand names, uh, company names, brand names, that's not me. That's just mm-hmm. no, because uh-uh. <laughs> I come up with some yeah some yeah so he comes up with things like sponsored products academy he came up with he came up with canopy management canopy management he kind of liked um from the standpoint is that it basically represented you know we were we were at the time we were focused entirely just on amazon advertising right we've branched out we're more of a more of a full service agency now but when we first started out we were specifically focusing on amazon advertising and so mm-hmm. we looked at it like okay, amazon rainforest the, you got the canopy uh, over the rainforest we've got you covered underneath you know, it's a whole yeah, like a double entendre kind of thing going on there. Right. And of course, ever since we did that, and of course we use the green coloring ever since then, we keep on having people who call us and say, it's like, Hey, do you sell cannabis. You know, are you a dealer? Okay. So I'm like, no, <laughs> no, we are a full service advertising agency for brands. Uh, we are not a pot dealer. <laughs> so <laughs> it's kind of a funny, it's kind of a funny joke that comes up now and then.
1: Yeah. Oh, man, that's pretty cool. So now during COVID-19 are you seeing some slowdown when it comes to advertising i guess certain categories probably have to slow down because they ran out of inventory uh, but then yeah, there's also not. the positive side
0: Yeah absolutely so we we've, we've got um a pretty diverse portfolio um like you mentioned earlier is like you know we're managing you know um 250 million it's it's over that now but um in in uh just in sales on Amazon and so we've got a wide range of uh, clientele and product groups and some of those products they're getting, they're getting hurt a lot. You know, there's certainly anything that is related to uh, social, you know, public social events Mm -hmm. um, uh, tend to get, got hurt the worst. You know, typically we're seeing on those like maybe a 50 to 70% drop. Um, Definitely affects how we market them and how we advertise them. We have to be very, uh, very targeted, very careful as far as how we do that. And so we're we're helping them out. Um, and then we have, you know, at the other end of that extreme is that we have some that just had breakaway products that, of course, became opportunities during COVID, uh, where they had a product that was just normally selling, you know, you know, five thousand dollars a month in products, and is now selling you know, a hundred thousand dollars a day, you know, it's one of those kind of like, like there's, there's definite extremes on both sides of this. Now, somewhere in the middle where we've got, you know, a bulk, you know, most of ours, there's a reduction, you know, maybe it's a, you know, 20 to 30% reduction in sales. Um, we put on, um, that's something that's kind of nice is that we, we, we have a practice within canopy is that we hire the best. We've got a very high bar as far as being allowed, having you in, you know, work for us. Um, And so we hire people who are smarter than me and people who can execute, you know, better than I can and who are better looking at, you know, whatever combination we can get, right. (laughs) That's that's going to, to make the organization better than how we founded it. And so we've got a lot of smart people who are working together on a daily basis and say, okay, what's our best approach? How do we help um, our clients? And in turn, how can I extend that out to the community and help the community by extension? Uh, so we've said we've done, we've had a few projects um, related to just outreach and, and trying to add value to the community as well uh, as obviously making sure that we're taking great care of our clients. Got it. So yeah, it's a, it's definitely a mix, you know? Um,
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Across the board.
1: So right now, when we know there are certain categories that are probably advertised even more than before, because sure. you have to grab this opportunity and there there's the ones that are not so with this, I was thinking that we have tools that can do everything, but I haven't found one that can tell me how much my competitor is spending. Is right. there such thing? Well, no, not, not directly because Amazon doesn't like to share that
0: information. Um, now, not to say that you can't get the information from certain channels within you know, the back doors of Amazon. Certainly that, that kind of stuff isn't available out there. Internal tools. Um, and you know, we build. We have a whole software development team, um, and so we build our own tools. Um, am I still sorry? Zoom is barking at me that I'm cutting out here.
1: Yeah, it froze for a second. Okay, am I back then?
0: Yep. Okay, not sure. I'm the only one in the building, so <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, so yeah, we we built our own tools in order to to compare uh, to do competitor analysis to understand where the gaps are, where, you know, where we need to, uh, increase spend, decrease spend. It's not like it's an automated process. It's more just better intelligence gathering, which is different than a lot of like, say the AI automation tools out there, which primarily still based off of a, of a default algorithm. And if that algorithm is wrong, like we see, you know, occurring during the COVID, um, then all of a sudden it just, you know, everything tanks. Right. Uh, we, we were very much a very high touch, you know, um, uh, person on each account, person on um, each piece of data, and we're using the tools that we build for better insights and better intelligence so we can make better decisions. So while there's nothing publicly available as far as spend on competitors, there are certain clues, if you will, that are, you know, breadcrumbs that are kind of left around that at least gives us some, some comparison factors when it comes to uh, competitor products, competitor keywords, that type of thing.
1: There you go. And when you get to a certain level, like, for example you 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 manage over 250 uh, million right. uh, and i also thought or i always thought that with time like for example on facebook you you end up building a certain credit i guess with facebook and my uh, my ads on facebook while i used to be charged for example when i started every 100 bucks 200 bucks right and now i can get accumulate a lot of uh, a lot of spend on amazon I still get charged of multiples of five hundred bucks a few times a day. Does that ever change?
0: No, not really. I mean, you can. There are companies who get higher limits requested. Um, <laughs> we've got some clients that have like a five thousand limit, but that's because they spend that kind of money on a regular basis, and so um, they kind of get you know a special pass, I guess, or, or different consideration. But yeah, five hundred is their default. Um, that certainly helps uh, Amazon's ca- consistent cash flow to them. Um, but yeah, there are higher limits on a on a case per case basis that they are feasible. Um, usually, you're not spending five hundred dollars, you know, more than five hundred dollars a day in, for for most of the sellers that are out there. So I think it's more of an exception than the rule. We certainly see that with our larger clients. That's kind of normal. Yeah.
1: So and to see your real ad costs, uh, will the campaign manager will never show you the real ad costs? Is that right? Like what you're really going to be billed for?
0: Yeah, it's, I mean, you can, you can see it, you know, you can see the invoice as far as expanding out, but it's not really taking into consideration things like your cost of units sold, you know, your cost of goods, um, some of your overhead expenses. It doesn't take into consideration your actual profitability or what your target is. And so it's it's simply just information that you have to then interpret with your, uh, combined with your own data, with your own information in order to paint the whole picture. How are things, you know, we we never want to look at it from a standpoint of like, You know, with blinders on, saying this is what advertising is doing, therefore everything's healthy. It's like, no, no, you've got to look at the the, the big picture and say, how is it contributing to the overall sales? How is advertising driving organic keyword rank? How is it driving overall sales? How is it, you know, uh, developing the branding strategy? You know, all these things kind of play into it, and some of those are easier to measure, and some of them are very difficult.
1: All right, so let's talk about one of those things that you probably get asked uh, all the time. and it's when it comes to doing launches with PPC only. Right. And, and of course there's when you're doing a launch, uh, most of the times I, I was going to say always, but most of the times that product doesn't have reviews. Correct. Right. right. Is it possible still to do launches with only PPC?
0: Yeah, the only the only challenge that you've got when you don't have reviews is you don't have. It's not like it's going to change the algorithm as far as how it shows your product. Mm-hmm. It's just more going to hurt your your engagement with shoppers. So you don't have that social proof, which means that your click through rate goes down, your conversion rate goes down. So it gets a little bit more expensive if you don't have reviews. Um usually what we encourage when any kind of um uh client or a seller introduces a new product is you know use use programs like uh Amazon Vine, um yeah. you know the whole the friends and family network's been kind of abused too much over the years. I think, you know, Amazon has cracked down on that. But Amazon does have their early review program and some of these, you know, uh, methods. Ideally, if it's, if it's um, usually that's not a problem if the brand has, if that's not their first product. So usually they have some kind of an audience that they can reach out to, um, especially if they've got access to some of the, the newer sponsored display ads that allow you to retarget previous customers and say, Hey, I'm introducing a new product. That's a great way to launch a new launch, a second product, a third product, et cetera. Um, Not every, not every seller has that access. You know, you've got to have certain qualifications like brand registry and some other qualifications in place in order to get all the different uh, ad types. Most people don't realize there's 16 different ad placements on Amazon now. Mm -hmm. Um, Most of them are like going, Oh, I thought there was like four or five, you know? but when it came, when it comes to the uh, a new product launch, we've got a pretty specific tactic that we use when it comes to product launch, just with advertising that works great. Um, it's very aggressive, but it has to be set up. Um, it has to be set up very well. You know, a very specific um, bidding strategy, a very specific set of keywords. There's a lot of competitive keyword research that is done, not simply just saying, Oh, I'm going to shotgun and try and get in front of, you know, 500 keywords on a launch. We're going very narrow, very targeted, very fast, um, very aggressive. And we, we monitor it on a daily basis. So it's more work, but it, it's effective.
1: All right. Like you said, you go narrow on the launch because uh, that's the opposite of what a lot of people do. They want to grab every, everybody that every, set of eyes out there on their listing during the launch. Well, it's even counter to what I used to teach. Yeah. So, so in the,
0: because I've been doing, this is my, gosh, this is my sixth year now um and so in the early years um before you know even last year that was a common tactic that i had is it you know my first year of teaching the common practice would like go out there find ten thousand keywords shove them all into a bucket and see yeah. what I actually gets shown, right uh, and then each year that keeps on getting more and more narrow as the tools get better as amazon wants to see better targeting uh, better intention from a brand and from a product um and now we're to the point where Amazon introduced, and it's it's interesting talking to like large like national retail brands um, that we get to work with, and you know new ones that we're talking to. Uh, they a lot of them don't realize how much of a change that the ad platform has made just in the last twelve months. Mm-hmm. Normally, Amazon rolls out. Oh, here's a couple of changes they roll out each quarter. Amazon invested heavily in 2019 into their development teams, and so then they were able to start kicking out. Uh, a lot more a lot faster as far as software development changes what that meant was in 2019 amazon was rolling out on average one new update every week like not small updates either like significant updates oh here's a new ad type here's a new way of using this ad type here's a new targeting control um here's a new update to the apis or the other data feeds that that are available and so most brands on Amazon, I would say at least probably 90% of the brands on Amazon are still using 2018 strategies and they're getting eaten alive. By those by those who were paying attention to the changes in 2019, they're getting crushed. Yeah, And so we come in and we, and it's pretty easy for us to be a white knight because we've been tracking it the whole time, developing strategies. You know, the minute Amazon rolls something out, something out new, fortunately I get, I get lead advance, lead notice from Amazon. <laughs> so that helps yeah. a lot there, but You know, if if for those of us who stay on top of every little change and start testing and and have their own research and development team, um, it's easier for us to say like, oh, that's that little tweak. What does this one little change mean for a launch for Uh, profitability for sales velocity. And so the strategy has definitely tightened up because primarily because of all these changes that happened in 2019, there's a lot more specific targeting functions and adjustments and tuning that you can do even on a launch. And so it requires more research before you start, Mm -hmm. but ultimately it pays off because you get instant visibility, you get high sales velocity, higher organic ranking during that first few weeks, which some have called, you know, the honeymoon period. Yeah, that's always a debatable topic, but um, it is that first few weeks is is where you've got to get that sales faucet. Now, all I will add is that it doesn't that doesn't just have have to work just on a new product launch. You can take a, a dead product and relaunch it. Definitely feasible. We do it all the time.
1: So when, the, that's a good point. So I wanted to ask you about old campaigns versus new campaigns and the performance of them. If I have a campaign that's been running, uh, for example, a campaign that's been running since early 2019 and it's, let's right. uh, say, a year old now, does it work like Facebook that uh, it gathered a lot of information and now it knows the audience so it works better? Or does it actually work against you having an old campaign?
0: No, it's – it's. Um, I mean, it could you know, be in your favor or against you either way. It depends on how how well it developed. Primarily there there is some truth as far as like how a campaign um how a learned target audience comes about, as far as how Amazon's AI looks at campaigns and the audience, the advertising. Um there's of course there's a lot of things that feed into that. Traditionally, and again this is more like pre you know pre-2019, um traditionally or pre-2020 technically, um a lot of times what we would do is yeah, it made a huge difference in the the age of the campaign, especially if it's less than four weeks old. If it's a new campaign, it typically would not get the visibility because Amazon just has a very low trust factor of that. Google's got the same thing. Facebook has the same thing. It's like, well, I don't trust this new campaign until I learn, not just learn, but also there's some credible metrics that get behind it that can support whether or not it trusts the campaign or not. And so um, pre, you know, all these changes that occurred um, in the last year, um, that was a common practice. Like, look, a new campaign you definitely don't want to do unless you absolutely have to. always try to reuse a mature existing campaign because that's going to perform better. Um, That has changed because Amazon has introduced methods for us to bypass their judgment, if you will. Mm -hmm. That has to do with things like um, the, the targeting and the bidding strategy options that are available. Um, you can either use their classic method, where they they make a prediction of how well your ad is going to do relative to a shopper, and then they're going to adjust your bids and your placement and all that kind of stuff on your behalf. When in fact, actually, what they do is they bury anybody they don't trust and they promote higher those that are established and they do trust. We you know we figured out as far as like like our current launch strategy is using bidding strategies that bypass that judgment. So we just say, don't care what you think, just show my ad and show it aggressively and so there's ways working around that but that wasn't available you know more than a year ago that's all things that have changed in the last year so it used to be that like yes absolutely that the, you always use a mature campaign because it's going to perform better but um that has changed quite a bit because there's better controls for us to kind of you know force it if you will
1: yeah, yeah. so a couple of years ago i remember having lots of um Inside a campaign, lots of ads and the ads could have 999 keywords. Right. And I don't, uh, I don't see those anymore. So I don't know if people are still doing ads with 999 keywords, but what used to happen was out of the 999, 980 could barely get impressions. Right. And then, and then there was a few percentage that would get those impressions. Would that right now, is it true that? The ones that are not performing well will ruin the rest of the ad performance. I mean, the the visibility. They're not getting ad impressions? Yes. No, it won't make any difference at all.
0: No. Yeah, it's it's primarily because Amazon is looking at it from, first and foremost, they're looking at relevance. And they want to know, is is the search term or the keyword that you are trying to advertise for relevant to the particular uh, customer and what their search and what their intent is? Amazon is literally using their, their machine learning in order to judge the shopper just as much as the advertiser. And So they're judging the shopper based on, is your intent to actually purchase today? And I'm going to show you different ads and different products depending on where I think that your intent is. That's based off of what's their browsing behavior, what's their purchase history, what what you know click path have they done in the past? All these things that we don't see as sellers, as advertisers, we don't see any of that data. But Amazon has got just massive amounts of data that they get to work with. And so they can make that kind of predictive judgment of a shopper and they will show different types of ads based off of what they think they predict the intent of the shopper. is. So that really is what drives it. And so the rule that I usually have when it comes to keywords is uh, on a per product basis. So that's campaign ad group agnostic doesn't matter like if I've got one keyword in a campaign or if I've got 10,000 keywords in a campaign or ad group um, or campaign right Um, it doesn't matter Amazon is gonna say for this product I am only willing to show ads for maybe 250 to 300 of those keywords out of that the expectation is probably 75 to 100 of those will actually get clicks as in relevance to the shopper, mm-hmm. and out of that, maybe 10 to 30 of those actually get orders. And so, it's you know, it's, it's a funnel, right? Mm-hmm. But what that says is that Amazon has kind of a narrowed focus, and they say, look, for your product, don't care if you've got your product in, in 50 different campaigns and ad groups, don't care. I'm going to spread it out so that the the number of keywords that I'm going to regularly show ads for is going to be a finite amount. There's not a hard amount. It's kind of you know, it's speculation through observation um, as far as the number that number is. But your your observation is definitely correct. Is that there's there's only a limited number of keywords that Amazon is willing to show ads for um, per product. Now, of course, Amazon has three ad platforms and. and 16 different ad placements and, you know, all these other kind of targeting uh, options that are available now. So there's tricks to get around that. But in general, you're absolutely correcting the observation is that it's a very narrow focus. And that's one of the reasons why we, anytime we launch, we say what has the highest uh, relevance and the tightest focus to a shopper, to what, what, to them actually having a buying intent. Now, most people translate that as a long tail keyword versus a short tail keyword. But, uh, you know, ultimately, it's what is actually going, what is actually demonstrating conversions for the competitive set for the the competitors? um, And where can you focus on that you actually have a chance, you know, against 800-pound gorilla competitors that we
1: might be competing against? So you used to do the discovery campaign, which was an auto campaign to, so so Amazon would give you the data, right? Is that still a common practice today?
0: It is. I mean, I, so mostly what I do is I, is we always run automatic campaigns. We continue to run automatic campaigns because again, automatic campaigns that introduced to the, in 2019, they introduced a bunch of new targeting controls that most people don't understand how to use. They also don't realize how granular you can get within automatic campaigns and, and what the effective use of those are. But for a, the nice thing about having a team like mine with the process we have is that we have kind of the luxury, if you will, of being able to uh, have, you know, uh, have staff available to do competitive research and to be able to go out and say, okay, we're going to pick and choose which specific keywords we're going to target. Most sellers, they're a one man shop, right? One, one woman shop, you know, they don't have the luxury of like, oh, I'm going to spend the next, you know, three days doing competitive research. It's Like, no. It's much easier. And that's one of the reasons why I teach it is start out with a discovery campaign and on the same day, create your manual campaign. Don't delay the two automatic campaign, manual keyword targeting campaign. Start with those two. Those are the two core campaigns that will produce, you know, at least 50% of your sales long term.
1: Yeah. And then, uh, when it comes to category targeting. Right. So th- there was. I mean, sometimes our own thoughts could could be the killer of good ideas because I used to <laughs> think that category targeting was going to be a big waste, right? You're targeting the category and there was not too many ways to to actually filter it down. But after trying it, I had some amazing results with a category targeting and it's a huge category, but it took a long time to do uh, negatives, right? To right. put who I don't want to see those ads uh and and i mean it's it impressed me a lot to the fact that it it worked after a while i mean there was a lot of a lot of money wasted with it uh during the i mean while you're perfecting that campaign i guess yeah yeah. (laughs) Uh, but after it was perfected it's now it runs smoothly Uh, have you uh, i guess you you work with all types of campaigns do you have that type of experience where that category targeting works for you (laughs)
0: Yeah, it can, it can work and it can not work. So, um, the same kind of thing happens with, uh, with, um, sponsor brand ads too. So you've got category and product targeting within both sponsor product as well as sponsor brand ads. Um, as of 2019, um, again, one of those, one of those changes that most people are not even aware of, but, um, the cat from a specific category targeting is most sellers who don't know how to properly test it, don't have the experience of all the different, um, testing out there. Um, unfortunately, it's just kind of an earned knowledge, right? It, as you, as you, you know, it's it's earned either because you paid the money in order to test it until it actually, finally, you know, you forced it to work um, through spending money, right? Yeah. Well, we do the same thing through through time and money, and oftentimes it's I'll beat up my my account and my my business partner's account on experiments that may turn out to be just completely unprofitable, so that I don't make the same mistake with a client, for instance, right? Yeah. Um, because uh, we always want to try to win with the clients, you know, at, at our expense. But um, the the I, what most sellers and most advertisers find is that category targeting and sponsor brand ads are usually ones where they set up one test and it fails, and they say that doesn't work. It's very I see it every you know constantly, um, you know, and so it's one of those things where it's like if you don't have you know, if you haven't invested the time, the resources to experiment like you, you know, like you demonstrated yes. right? kind of the tenacity to go in there and say, like, I'm going to figure this out. Most sellers don't have the patience for that. They don't, right. want to, don't want to spend this amount of time on advertising. I want to, I need to be sourcing. I need to be innovating new products and stuff like that. That's not their, that's not their strong suit. They're not the engineers, the spreadsheet junkies, you know? Um, but yes. I, I do agree with you in that it can be, um, has a high learning curve up front and it can be expensive up front and it appears not to work up front. But if you do one of two things, either go against the grain as far as how you're doing the category targeting or figure out how to negative out all the, the bad results so that you can refine it down to the good results, then it can work and it can work well. But that takes time and money in order to do it that way. Um, We, one of the techniques that that you may want to try that we actually use also, and that has to do with, where we're expanding out because one of the things that I like to do um, within the agency for our partners is not simply just to run the standard a- advertising but also to branch out to uh, basically increase market share now mm-hmm. um, my my expertise of course, it has to do with, primarily with using the Amazon advertising. We've got teams that work on demand side platform and Facebook and Google and all that kind of stuff right to to all complement together so there's a cumulative effect, but um, ultimately, From an an Amazon advertising standpoint, when it comes to category targeting, we'll actually get new market share, not by advertising on our own category, but on sibling, parent, and child categories from the one that we're in. And so that allows us to – that's typically where you get products related to yours. That's where you're advertising on. And a lot of times you can actually kind of a hack, if you will, (laughs) is if uh, you look at your mobile phone um, and you look up your product, oftentimes you'll see down below on on mobile. Sometimes you see it on desktop uh, desktop display also, but on a mobile phone, as if I'm holding one here, um, Hmm. down below there's typically some additional sections, things like uh, shoppers who visited this item also visited these other items. People who looked at, who viewed your product ultimately purchased this other product. You start seeing not just your direct competitors, but you see related products. You see uh products that have um, that are complementary or can be even substitute or or accessories. Um if you advertise, do the category advertising in those other subcategories, you'll find that there's that's an easy that's something that often most of your competitors are probably ignoring, and therefore you're not there. And then what ends up happening is that your ad for your product is in the middle of a bunch of ads for uh for 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 products that are related to that complementary product
1: Mm -hmm.
0: um let me think of an example on this let's say you sell a uh, a basketball hoop backboard right and you start running ads where people are selling uh, basketballs or nets or something like that something related but not in the same subcategory And if you go and you look at the search results and the product detail pages of those products in for nets, let's say, you'll see a whole bunch of ads for other nets. And then sticking out like a sore thumb is your ad for this backboard. Your goal is to stand out from the crowd, not to simply just play along with what everybody else is doing. So that's something I teach uh, constantly is like, how are you going to stand out? I don't care if your product is exactly like everybody else's. How is your listing standing out from the other ones? How is it stand, how are you getting visibility? How are you getting shoppers to stop? Mm -hmm. Pause for a second and look at your ad, look at your product, click through on your listing and consider it. It's a great way to increase market share.
1: Absolutely, If, if nobody clicks on your listing, it doesn't matter how good your product is it doesn't matter how good your copy is if nobody clicks on it to start with you're yeah, not they got to see it first yeah yeah you know something that i always wanted to get into and i haven't because i don't know how is those editorial recommendations right you know that is like prime real estate where they have those recommendations and i think it's just three products from is this from the Amazon influencer blogs? Or? Yeah, it's,
0: it's, I mean, you can, it's not something that you can, that you've got control over. In other words, you don't have editorial control over it yourself. Yeah. Um, but it is typically from, uh, those that Amazon has deemed as being a, of authorities and saying, Oh, this is the best for this reason, or this one's the most cost effective in this price bracket. Usually the editorial and the, the choice, um, bands that usually come up in the search results are typically only on the higher search volume keywords. In mm-hmm. other words, you start getting a long tail keywords, you won't see those. Yeah. Um, but you can of course influence like Amazon choice badge. So you get get in that one. Sometimes if you get either lucky or, uh, you find out who the influencers are <laughs> yeah. that are actually providing the editorial recommendations, then, you know, maybe you can get in with them. Um, yeah. that usually requires, um, uh, off Amazon strategy as well as so on Amazon strategy.
1: Yeah, A- Amazon invited me to um, for the Amazon influencer program. Mm-hmm. I accepted, and I thought that was it. I was so so stoked, so excited, and I thought, okay, I'm going to be able to do this. And of course, I'm going to use my own products, <laughs> right? But no, uh, so I accepted, and all it does is that they give me uh, my own URL. It would be Amazon.com forward slash my name, right? and i can do put my recommendations in my own store and basically become an affiliate i'm like okay that's not what i wanted right, right. But <laughs> okay. so anyway i got a verified uh, amazon influencer account if that matters for anything but i can't do the editorial so it sucks
0: <laughs> very good yeah i'll too. i'll probably want to pick your brain on that one of these days to see if there's any play that you can kind of extend that out a little bit better but I'm always looking for opportunities like that. That's kind of one of the reasons why I enjoy uh, heading up our research and development department. So,
1: Yeah, I, I created my my list, my own Quinn's recommendations, right? right. And I, I mean, to be completely honest, I couldn't just put all my products in there because then everybody would know who my products are. Right. So I, I would go and I find like in my category, who is the number one, right? If I'm not the number one, I would put the number one in there. And then, of course, mine would be in that same list of, of let's say, eight items or whatever. But, uh, yeah, so they haven't showed up yet on the editorial yet. Right. So, anyway, changing changing gears a little bit, I saw that you were doing something with Russell Brunson. But, mm-hmm. uh, to be honest, I didn't see – I missed what it was. Is it is it uh, public yet or – is it still some secret? What are you guys doing? No, no, no.
0: It, it's public. It wasn't, it wasn't, we weren't promoting anything actually. So we were simply just, it just became an opportunity that um, uh, my business partner, Brian Burt, uh, I mentioned is, um, has been a close uh, associate with Russell Brunson for many years, part of his inner circle. He's got, you know, all the, you know, God, what what is he got? He's got the, the two comma and the, yeah. and the X award and, you know, multiple ones, I should say. He's got a whole wall of them, <laughs> but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> But ultimately, uh, it was one of those rare opportunities where, I don't know, you know, I I don't know if it was because of, you know, of, you know, Russell was bored because he was staying at home or if he was doing, he was probably doing Brian a favor, you know, just because of the relationship, the connection. Um, But we we got a chance to actually get him on live uh, for an interview, which he doesn't typically do, nor does he do it in the Amazon space. Yeah. But it did align with my with my belief, of course, is that um, it's not just a matter of, you know, a few years ago, yeah, you could do everything on Amazon and, and you know, live inside the bubble, right? But uh, most Amazon private label sellers don't realize that there's a lot more money outside of Amazon than there is on Amazon, even given its size. Um, and so that's one of the reasons why, uh, you know, driving your own external traffic um, obtain, you know building your own email list building your own traffic source you know that's kind of a tried and true you know that's been around for forever you know it's yeah. like i you know you probably were marketing in the same days as me when it came to you know google adsense and you know yeah. you know promoting sites and seo and all this kind of stuff and it, and it always came down to you can't rely on a single channel or a single method you have to get control of your own audience and actually own them. And on Amazon, you do not. That is Amazon's customer. And so um, it, there's certainly uh, there's a lot of debate when it comes to, well, if I drive external traffic onto Amazon, aren't I just paying to give Amazon traffic? Yes and no, because you still have the ability to direct that traffic uh, and have uh, a touch point with that traffic that you generated. First of all, you know how to do it when you need to, especially when it comes to new product launches. Two is you've got some amount of control in being able to contact those customers for future launches. Or if you said, you know what, I'm gonna open up a Shopify site this month, great. Now you know how to go like, oh, redirect over to mm-hmm. your own site. You wanna start developing those skills now rather than waiting until all your competition has shown you the way. <laughs> That's yeah. a bad time to learn, you know.
1: Yeah, I, so I, yeah often, definitely- I often see competitors that are doing really well on Amazon Mm-hmm. and there is nothing that shows me on Amazon a reason why they should be performing so well. And okay. that is, or most cases, it is because they actually are very strong outside of Amazon. So right. when they finally go into Amazon, they already have a following. And, I mean, I try uh, all the time. I mean, I have Shopify sites, that have click funnels, uh, like um, a, lot, a lot of funnels that, that are directed to uh, other blogs and I still try to do with SEO since uh, I mean uh right. since back when uh I was the only one around the computer. <laughs> um but so I we are currently using click then? Yes, yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah you want to check out the the um the the interview um we actually have that we, we posted that um let's see the replay I think is posted up in my Facebook group in uh the Amazon PPC Troubleshooting group. Yeah. So, yeah, if you're in that, then um, you should be able to get access to the replay on that if you want.
1: Okay. Yeah, I am there. So I'll, uh, I'll check it out. All right. So, Brian, and, I mean, I, uh, I agree with, uh, with you and Russell and everybody that says that we got to expand outside of Amazon. Because, I mean, this is a beautiful opportunity, and whoever is not on Amazon should at least try and give it a shot. Because, I mean, the millions of customers that they have that are buying there daily – Right. Is just phenomenal opportunity, right? But there are things that, man, things that, for example, just this week I created for the first time a merchant account with Wish. Okay. I never thought I would do that, right? Okay. I thought when Wish came out and I bought a couple things there to try it out, I figured, okay, this is the next eBay, and I don't even want to be associated with it. And then next thing I know – they do two million sales a day, not two million dollars, but two million sales right. per day. And they actually have, and I thought FBW was gonna be the fulfilled by Walmart, yep. which is on the go. There, the, I'm already on the waiting list for that. But it's not called FBW because Wish took over FBW and it's fulfilled by Wish. I didn't know that existed. So the opportunities for outside of Amazon are, are are there too. And I mean, you should, to secure your business, everybody should just look at those uh, and at least, you know, grow it now because uh, we see so many people that get suspended or suppressed from Amazon and they don't know why. And I always tell people, uh, Amazon has a reason if they suspended you, they have a reason to do so. You may not know what you did, but you did something most of the times, right? Most of the time.
0: Well, and, and there's always the chance, of course, that, that there was some, somebody else who was just simply just attacking, you know, that you had a certain level of success and therefore you got attacked. Mm-hmm. Usually that's, that's pretty easy to detect because it usually happens one to two weeks prior to prime day and one to two weeks prior to Black <laughs> Friday. Those yeah. are the, the sweet spots for attackers, if you will. Um, but yeah, if you're, if you're, like you said, if you're one legged, you're, you're hitting the ground,
1: you know, you're yeah. stuck, you know, you're hiring a lawyer in order to fight it for you. Absolutely. So, Brian, what is new? Uh, what, what are the plans for the future? Something coming out that we should know? What are you working on? You know, uh, we've got a lot. So one of the things
0: that um, I, I'm not sure if we publicly announced it or not, but so the, the PPC scope software that I had uh, founded many years ago, um, we, uh, uh, the, my agency, Canopy Management, so different partners. So we actually acquired the software. And we are now we have invested very heavily into developing out our uh our software development team and we've been working on that um pretty strong for several months um as far as new development. And so I'm looking forward to this summer, and I'm gonna say somewhere between the, the end of May to September kind of summer range, because we've got a, a series of rollouts of new things, new technology. Some of those things um you know, what I like to do when it comes to software is I like to leapfrog. I don't like to just catch up. So what I want to do is I want to leapfrog, um, the other PPC software solutions that are out there and that's coming this summer. Um, and I get up every morning at six o'clock and I meet with my, my design team and my product managers and, and we talk for an hour and a half every single morning. We've been doing that for three months. So it's, uh, it's been, uh, you know, I lose, lose some sleep on it, but it is, um, It's it's for the greater good, right? Mm -hmm. The other thing, too, of course, is that um, I've got um, because I've got I've got two software development teams. The other software development team primarily works on our agency tools, and so we're doing a lot from from canopy management standpoint in order to expand out um, the intelligence gathering. We have um, a machine learning project that we do that we've been working on for more than a year now, actually, but it's all primarily for um, again, that competitive intelligence gathering and analysis. It's not for bid management, for instance, right? Yeah. Bid, man- bid management is a little bit, is a bit, I don't want to say it's small, but it's its not where we want to, to spend that. We don't want to automate things that should still have human oversight, right? So, yeah. Um, it just provides primarily uh, you know, the data analysis, and the competitive analysis that gives us a competitive edge. It looks for, you know, here's some opportunities that were missed or here's some new growth opportunities. But primarily, we're expanding that out in the next year to apply to both on Amazon, off Amazon, uh, just e-commerce in general, because our agency is branched out. So now we're developing out the tools, obviously, as as kind of like the, the, the chief geek. Uh, within the agency. um, The the software and the ad strategies are something that I focus most of my attention on. And so that's obviously where I'm passionate about is expanding all of our tool sets and leveraging our own uh, agency team with uh, new technology that can help um, on and off Amazon.
1: Nice. So on and off Amazon, does that mean that Facebook ads, many chat bots, all that kind of stuff. Do we it all. yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, yeah we do. Uh, we've got a design team for uh, listing optimization and uh, 3D rendering. Fantastic 3D renderings that we do. Um, we've got uh, we've have our influ- influencer outreach um, program. We have, nice. um, of course, all three ad platforms on Amazon Seller Central, uh, AMS, as well as DSP. Um, and these are all things that we needed to do in order to to support some of our, some of the larger brands that we work with um, because, you know, they want to be everywhere. They're not like, going, no, not just this one sales channel. You've got to, you know, you got to support us on everything. And so we we acquired agencies. We hired people, uh, you know, experts in, in other fields. We've, we've spent a lot of, we've, we've actually hired um, uh, senior staff out of Amazon as well. Nice. Nice. So, yeah, we have, uh, we, we've invested heavily into giving us a continuing, uh, competitive advantage and, um, it's really, um, opened our eyes as far as what, uh, the capabilities that our own team has, but what happens when we, when we are aggressive, when we invest something, invest heavily into an area, um, the kind of return that we can get not only for our clients, but for a company overall and our growth. So, um. Been, it's been quite the roller coaster. You know?
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess you are you're set up for the future, Brian.
0: Yeah. You know, it's I, I don't I, you know I, a year from now it may look completely different than it does today. But uh, I'm certainly loving where we are at. We've got a you know fantastic team that we you know we meet every day and we're joking around and you know things are going well. So um yeah, even despite you know challenging times like this, you know it, it's it's nice having. The right people in place in order to think up uh, solutions, despite external factors like COVID. You know, yes. I mean, it, it's it's an event that absolutely sucks from from a world standpoint. But I am blessed to be surrounded by people that. Um that constantly want to, to make sure that, that our clients are taken care of. And, you know, certainly the audience, you know, a lot of that I project back out into, you know, the live webinars and the posts and the, and the lives and that kind of stuff that I do out to my audience. Um, and so it's, um, it's fun, you know, it's not, you know, not every day is, you know, not every day it's in some days it can be challenging and some days can be, you know, 14 hour days, but, um, I, am willing to outwork the problems and, uh, and, uh, help everybody come out of this in a much better position. Those that survive are going to to thrive in the next year. Mm-hmm. And, and I fully believe that.
1: Yeah. And, you know, a, a little bit of positivity also helps. Uh, I mean, we we are in a situation where right now this month is going to suck, right? Because of the situation, not be able to restock certain SKUs. And we may have a loss or is not really a loss, but make less 300 grand than normal and i mean at first that uh it start, it hurts of course it hurts right to, to lose any kind of money but at the same time you think about it and if i had a nine to five job and right now i was at home not getting paid because of it right i mean this is the perfect time for anybody that's a position to work online from home from anywhere yeah, brian one of the things when i started working online my dream was always. Be under a coconut tree, some palm tree or something, uh, (laughs) sipping, you know, pina colada. I could always the dream of the laptop lifestyle and, you know, and now that it happens. I haven't been under palm tree, right? I'm, <laughs> I'm always, uh, wherever the best internet connection is, not where the palm trees are. Right. See, so, yeah, see, I'm,
0: see that's where I kind of, as an engineer, I'm like, well, yeah, but if you're under a, if you're under a clear blue sky, <laughs> then the glare on your laptop. Okay. First of all, that's the first problem.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you yeah.
0: shouldn't be having a laptop while you're sitting on the beach.
1: <laughs>
0: exactly. So
1: it, it doesn't happen that way, but I mean, we're definitely in the best situation right now the be able to work online and uh, from home. Yeah. So. Well, and, and, and you know, it's, let's not, let's not kid ourselves. I mean, it's like, it's not like, like,
0: like, it, like say my case so for instance, I do have multiple companies, but for each of my companies, uh, the way that I've got it set up for for taxes as I'm an employee of each one. Right. And so I may be the founder and maybe a partner or whatever, but I'm still, I get paid as an employee and I've, with with my business partners and myself in each company, we're not taking a salary until this gets until this is all over, to ensure that all of our staff stay employed, that we can yeah. provide some certain amount of job security. Now, I don't say that it's like like it's like ooh, I'm so cool and everything. It's just like look, this is the reality: is that if you're a business owner, there are some hard decisions that you have to make. If you're a one man shop, guess what? You know you're both the employee and the owner at the same time. And it's, it's going to be tight, but I, I don't expect that this is going to go beyond, um, you know, for instance, Amazon pushing Prime Day out to, uh, they said at least July, let's say, yeah. let's call it August, right? Um, I don't see any reason why they are not judging that based off of what they've done with capacity uh, now that, you know, carriers like US Postal Service and FedEx and UPS are starting to get their processes fixed. Yeah, that was the biggest bottleneck that I think even Amazon had. I think a lot of this stuff is going to recover and be by, you know, come, I'm going to say just August, right? I think by August, I think we're going to be back to more a much more, uh, I will say normalized. I wouldn't say normal, but more normalized so that we can go into a strong, um, fall and fourth quarter. And I think that's, you know, ultimately if, if any business owner who is struggling right now, that is part of being a business owner and you will know that you are cut out for this. If you survive, don't blame anybody else and just come up with a solution for yourself. If you're that kind of person who can solve your own problems right now under the worst conditions, you're, you're going to be somebody to watch. You're somebody I want to know, you know, because you're going to be somebody who's going to break out. and thrive when times are good because you solve your own problems when times are bad
1: yeah exactly that's what mindset is super important to right and be able to to pivot and adjust to any situation uh, those are the ones that are gonna last a long time right so brian uh canopy dot management is where people can find you or is there a better place now, yeah, I mean, canopy.management is my agency, correct,
0: yeah, um, and we actually just acquired the, the canopymanagement.com because so many people didn't realize that dot .management was also a, yes. <laughs> a TLD, right, so It's also a domain name, yeah, <laughs> so it's canopy.management is the agency. Um, I would also invite, you know, certainly, of course, you know, I've got the PPC scope software, but really, I want people to hold off until this summer when it gets really cool and we'll announce that. Um And then, uh, but, you know, certainly if they are in the Amazon space and in the advertising space, if they're not already part of the 19,000 seller community of Amazon PPC troubleshooting on Facebook,
1: that's a great place to start. So before you go, I want to ask you something. PPC PPC Scope had really good pricing uh, when it comes to, for example, certain softwares have a price per spend. So if I spend five thousand dollars, I get one price. If I spend fifty, I get another price. And PPC's PPC scope had it for the number of SKUs. Is it still right. going to be that way? Um,
0: you know what? We haven't changed our pricing model in at least two years. Um, it's probably due for an overhaul. Yeah. Um, but I would say that uh, right now, yeah, we do basically have SKU bands, and for some some people that doesn't work. You know, for some it's kind of like, oh, that's that's too expensive for because maybe I'm a wholesaler and I've got ten percent margins or you know whatever the case is. So, in, you know, there's some cases where it's just not a good fit right now. Um, but, yeah, you know, we, we may change it if it makes more sense for, for the user base. Um, but right now I'm just trying to focus on getting it so that we've got, you know, you can manage your sponsor products. You can manage your sponsor brand ads. You can manage your sponsor display ads. DSP is on our radar because we already have, uh, you know, um, the early – early adopter we're part of the uh, amazon's early adopter program regarding yeah. technology um and so we get access to a lot of this stuff early and so we will probably try to roll that out i don't know that it's going to happen by september but i'm really hoping it does but yeah to be to be a full on amazon ad platform we'll see what happens the following year though
1: nice yeah. nice good stuff so we'll keep our eyes open for that and uh i'll also try to find that uh a video of you and Russell, because I'm curious to see what's going on there. <laughs> yeah, it should be just right in that Amazon PPC troubleshooting group. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you, Brian. Sure. We'll have to do this again. It's been, it has been took years for this to happen, so I guess we'll have to do it again soon. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah.
0: no, I look forward to it. Thanks, Brian.
1: Cool.